Hi, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks podcast, and today I'm talking to S.G. Goodman about her new album and lots of other fun stuff. Hey, S.G., how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm I'm excited to talk to you. I I listened to your whole album, and I really, I I loved it on so many levels, and and I'm excited to discuss those with you. So how's it going? It's out in the world now, right? It is. It's been out in the world since uh, July. Mm-hmm. Um, put it out. Uh, we held off as long as we could. And, you know, um, it, it was a, a little bit of a tense moment to release it when we did. But, you know, you just got to trust the people who are, meant, who are there to tell you what to do. Yeah. So I, yeah. And there it is, out for the world. <laughs> it is a super weird time to to be sharing new projects and not being able to tour and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. But how's it been going? I mean, you've been doing some other creative ways to, to be in front of people. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's given me a breathe, a little breather to do some other, um, things that I'm passionate about. You know, I was, uh, as involved as I could be in, in this year's election and Mm -hmm. the primary here in Kentucky and, I uh, I have been able to play a few sporadic shows throughout uh, the pandemic, socially distanced, um, you know, kind of festival potted shows that were really strange, um, and also some live streams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never thought I would drive, you know, nearly seven hours to West Virginia to do a live stream, <laughs> but... Off we went. See, it's a brave new world. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. We've all been trying to, you know, try some new things, be a little ingenious about how we get our, our art out in the world. But exactly. I I read something in your in your your great info about this idea of this conflicted ode to the South, and I thought that really resonated with what I was thinking about this project being. Can you share a little bit about that thought and and your approach for old-time feeling? Yeah, well, you know, I think we can start there with my title of the album, mm-hmm. um, which I've had for probably four years, or, yeah, probably four years now. I knew I was going to make a record with that title, and mm. it kind of... Um, I wanted to speak to the complexity, even though it seems like I wrote it for right now. You know, I was born and raised in the South. It's my daily experience. I still live in a small town in western Kentucky. And a lot of the things we're seeing right now um, that are, you know, because we've been so still during the pandemic and things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not it shouldn't be news to anybody that that's uh that's not a new thing and um I I love old country and of course there's many songs called old time feeling and there's this nostalgic grandeur around that phrase um a lot of times um but I kind of wanted to um analyze and dissect and maybe um shine a light on old time feelings that we shouldn't hold in high regards um Mm. that may uh, a lot of people are unaware that many people in the South are dedicating their lives to end those generational cycles and break away from and kind of calling those old time feelings out. Yeah. 
Well, I, I thought it was like really um, interesting and cool how you you took this traditional like musical form, but you're talking about like some very current topics and thoughts and issues um, that people are facing there and everywhere. Um, and I'm assuming that was, I'm guessing like you just, you love that style of music and you just incorporated that into like what's inspiring you right now. Am I right? Um, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't really, I just play what comes naturally to me. And, you know, when I started out in music, I actually was in the pop world early on in my hmm. late teens years and um it didn't really feel authentic and you know Kentucky's an interesting I was born in western Tennessee raised in western Kentucky on the Mississippi River and there's just a great music tradition um in that not necessarily in that area but in the state alone and music that comes out of the Mississippi Delta and technically a lot of people you know don't think of it but you know I'm from the Mississippi Delta, not what people think of, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's like a rich history of blues and folk and rock and roll. And, um, I think I just, I don't really, I, I've been playing with the same group of guys now, um, for 10 years and it's just who we are and what, what I come out with and, you know, whatever people want to label it as their business and I couldn't <laughs> control it if I wanted to. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, I think that that's part of it, you know, that you're just you're just doing what you do and you don't worry about. Oh, let's see. Is this country? Is this something else? Um, You can just be who you are. Well, uh, yeah, exactly. And these days, you know, if there's ever a genre of music, people don't know what to call it. They just call it Americana. So (laughs) that's what I have tattooed on me. That's true. And yes, you're right. There's a lot of um, varied Americana styles, I guess, now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because who knows? Um, I do think, like, this is so interesting. Even the song, Old Time Feeling, about exploring, like, the the status quo in the rural South, that thought. Um, Have you gotten, like, has it resonated with people locally, what you're doing, or well, what you thought there? You know, I I try to be as private as a person locally as I can because, like I said, I live in a small town, and I'm from an even smaller town of less than three thousand people. Mm-hmm. So no, I don't go around uh, doing a litmus test on my <laughs> necessarily because I'd like to, you know, be able to walk into a grocery store in my sweatpants and uh, not talk about what I do mm-hmm. on the week something. But I've had a lot of wonderful feedback, both from community members and from people. Um, It seems like a lot of people who are no longer in the South, who have left for work or just because they had to or something. I've had a lot of wonderful feedback about how, you know, much what I've said and how I've said it Mm -hmm. has resonated with folks. So I think that's really powerful and, uh, you know, I mean, you never know how people are going to receive something. So I'm pretty humbled by that. 
You know, I think it is important what you're doing because, you know, I'm I'm from the north. <laughs> I live in Massachusetts. And, you know, I think you talk about a lot of things that aren't even on, like, our radar here that we're open to, like, listening and understanding and um, participating perhaps in the conversation, but we don't have yeah. a frame of reference for it, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think that's, you know, uh, one, thank you for saying that. Um but throughout history, there's been so many uh, stereotypes and certain narratives placed on the South and rural communities. Um, and I'm not going to claim that I'm some sort of, uh, you know, I'm the first one saying these things or any of that. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I was definitely mentored and looked up to a lot of people who've been um, trying to reframe the narrative around the South and rural communities um, many, many years before I entered the world. But um, I think it is a Southerner's duty to, uh, you know, not stray away from the truth about about what's happening in our uh, communities, but also um, righting the wrongs of the narrative that's oftentimes pushed mm-hmm. from yeah i think i think using music to do that is a great approach too because people i don't know maybe they feel they seem to be a little more open to receiving the message that that way um yeah yeah Um, yeah can you share a little bit about your approach to songwriting like do you start with a lyric idea do you start with a thought like what's your what's your usual uh, path there yeah, I don't really have a usual approach. Um, I think there have been different times in my life when I've tried to bottle up the secret formula. You know, certain songs come just a melody, like my song, The Way I Talk, actually started out as a piano riff. That little mm. scale that I do in the middle of it started out on a piano and um, years ago. And that song formed over the course of many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just something that I've I've accepted about myself that I'm not a factory. Mm-hmm. I don't write a complete song every day. I don't write a complete song every week or every month. Yeah. Um, the way I do it typically is I've just kind of come to the conclusion that if you have an idea, you know, luckily... Um, even though I'm really not a fan of phones, um, got this little voice memo thing on here. And if I'm riding down the road or, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and have a little thought in my head, I'll throw it on the phone. And then, uh, if I forget about it, then probably it wasn't meant to stick (laughs) around. True. And if I, if I do keep remembering the, you know, what I've, what I've said and different stuff, um, then I think I should chase it, but uh, just go about it organically and let the song reveal itself as slowly um, and thoroughly as it wants to. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you have some thoughts that you've explored from, like, you know, your initial idea a long time ago. Did they did they go to a place you didn't expect um, in the end, or not really? Yeah, well, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's, you know, kind of the exciting thing about it. Um, Like if we just focused on, uh, 
the way I talk is a good example. You know, I had this idea and then finally one, one day, this was probably about three years ago now, it snowed real good in Murray where I live. And I walked through the snow to my friend Matt's house. He's my bandmate, Matt Rowan. He's my guitarist. Um, and he has an old Tascam 388. Mm-hmm. And he had his attic at the time. And we just kind of holed up in there for about an hour. And I said, I, I think I've got, I, I think I had written the first verse to that song. And the second verse, uh, well, I guess it was, yeah, it was just the second verse. And, um, and we put down a demo. And I knew after hearing that demo for a minute that there needed to be something explosive at the end. Hmm. And um, so when we went, I, I demoed out pretty much every song on that record fully as best of my ability because I was doing pre-production with uh, Jim James of My Morning Jacket. And, mm-hmm. I, um, and when Matt my guitarist was in there that that original lick that he does it kind of sounds bluesy there at the end if you hear the melody within all that feedback but at first he was doing this weird like indian and i mean like you know india like music Uh thing like this little ting on his guitar and i was like hey uh i don't know about you but i've never been to india (laughs) so uh, let's let's bring this back home and i had you know, that kind of riff, what's happening in there. and So, yeah, there's a lot of excitement watching a song unfold. And, you know, my song Tender Kind on the record, I wrote that in the studio. Hmm. And so that was a fresh one. We didn't have time to think about it. Had an idea. We flushed it out real quick, and that came together. Uh, we recorded the music before I was done with the lyrics all the way. I had wow. one verse and... Uh, no pressure, though. <laughs> Yeah, one verse and well it's that's that's back to the songwriting thing sometimes that's what gets it to come out yeah is just a little bit of a deadline and i knew i had to get it done so it's yeah just you know sometimes that's what you need but yeah that was a fun one too yeah i think you're right like sometimes just having a deadline even if it's one you make up yourself helps you to to just finish something you know, yeah, because we can end up with like a lot of tidbits that are never complete. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Tell me a little bit more about working with Jim on the project. Um, well, this is going to sound real weird. <laughs> okay. But I was in. Harlan County, Kentucky, which is dang about eight hours from where I'm at. Kentucky's a big old state. And uh, I was a part of a project called the Pine Mountain Settlement or the Pine Mountain Sessions. And that was a, a, a all Kentucky artists led initiative um, uh, led by my friend Daniel Martin Moore, who's also a Kentucky artist. And a lot of us got together there at Pine Mountain and recorded a song or recited a poem or something in this old 100-year-old church. And that was when I found out that Jim James was also a part of that. Hmm. And um, 
I didn't realize that I had any mutual friends with him, even though I've respected his music and followed him for a long time. And I went back to Western Kentucky with the thought in my head. I just knew I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I'm going to make uh that was probably October in the spring uh, or like around January or something. I recorded five, five demos with my band and I told them that I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to ask Daniel, uh, our mutual friend, if he'd send these along to Jim James and he's going to, he's going to produce our next album. Hmm. And I, and that was, uh, you know, that was probably January or February when we recorded those. And I was waiting to get them kind of as perfect as I could. And that October, I got the nerve to ask Daniel if he would send those along, and he did. And um, I I moved to Nashville for a short period of time to kind of get out of my um, just regular environment for a minute. And I took a job at a uh, taco shop, Moss Tacos in East Nashville. And it was uh, December, so he had sent them over in October. And in December, I was uh, taking a breather before I started the shift where I would uh, serve the people the food we had prepared that morning. Mm -hmm. And I was outside and got a message from Daniel that he was looping me in with Jim James. But the funny thing was, I told the boys, my band, with complete certainty for probably a year before that, that Jim James wow. was coming through. Wow, you knew. I just had a feeling. And, you know, it's funny, I, my publicist, uh, who I'm buds with, we were at a show watching this guy named Twain, who's an amazing artist. And uh, this was a Saturday night, and he, me and him were out back of this venue and he said he's british and he was like babe i know you dead said on like the jim james thing but if he doesn't write you back by next week like we need to move on <laughs> and that was my british accent a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and you know what that monday morning was when i got looped into that email see i think sometimes you have to put that stuff out into the universe because it loops back around and See you. Well, did, you you knowing that for a long time, I think that put that, am, put uh, that out there. <laughs> yeah, this is this is something I haven't told many people. You know, I'm not I'm not a religious person in any way, but uh, I was a philosophy major in college, and I I really love the old ancients and uh, also the um, Catholic um, Saint Anselm Aquinas mm-hmm. and th- and people like that. Um, and me and my guitarist Matt were in New York City in uh in October the same month that I was gonna ask Daniel to send over my demos and I we were in Saint uh Patrick's church down there in Manhattan and I I lit a little candle and spoke what I wanted mm-hmm. into the universe. Sorry, my dog is uh it's okay. This is all real people. We're real, okay, yeah, we're real people is, in our homes with our dogs. <laughs> what you're hearing now is my little all-American terrier dog. Uh, yeah, Howard. Let me. Let, I'm gonna let him in my house real quick, and then I'll get back to rambling. But come on, Hal. All right. That was the crunching of leaves, everyone. <laughs> but uh, so 
in that little prayer or whatever, who I don't think anybody would consider what I do praying necessarily, you know, I have to be kind of open-minded about it. But, um, I said what I wanted for that next year in my life and a year to the date, I'd be back in New York city and a couple blocks over is my record label. Hmm. So, well, kinda weird. it is kind of <laughs> weird, but it's good for you. I mean, I think sometimes we, we don't define what we want, you know, like even just speaking it to ourselves, I think helps us to make it happen. So I'm, yeah. I'm a, I, I, that year, some just different events caused me to kind of tune in with however, whatever kind of spirituality I could get my head around. And um, I did. I, I started a practice of saying uh, intentions into the universe, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not new age or whatever, but I <laughs> did it how we can describe things, folks. But uh I I did. I started that practice and I continue it and um because I've just had way too many very strange uh feel feels like answers come yeah. back. Yeah. So I think it's a good practice. I mean even if it doesn't work, it doesn't hurt, you know. <laughs> I uh in New York not too long ago staying at a buddy's house who's uh stuck in norway and he let me have his flat for about 10 days and he had this little thing on his wall a cut out of a newspaper and this i thought this was beautiful and the person said i say a short prayer every day and it just says let me see hmm. and i think i i love that yeah. and I, I think you know whatever i believe in i feel like that's gonna f- continually form the rest of my life like I don't see a problem in saying thank you every day and also just let me see you know yeah yeah well it's it's kind of you know your way to approach the world openly which is I think I think we all need to do a little more of that (laughs) so exactly yeah now, do you want to get into our star charts on this? <laughs> I don't know if we have time for that, but I, I'm I'm way into that stuff myself. So, <laughs> I, well, I, I kind of am too. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I I, I enjoy uh, I enjoy seeing my life's doom report on CoStar every day. It's kind of fun. You know, I just I try to take it with a grain of salt, but I do think that there's some. There's some truth there. So I do. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, uh, when I was in college, you know, I was raised very conservative, uh, Southern Baptist, and by the end of uh, my time at home, I had considered myself a five-point Calvinist, if you can believe it hmm. or not. And um, I took those questions, and and uh, when I entered into philosophy program, those were still uh, the idea of free will and things were really big on my mind and probably you know there was a time when I felt I was an atheist and different things during that uh, period of my life but I walked away from there um, after an epistemology class um, when we were talking about justification for things and I really kind of sum up my belief on religions and things with saying there's a lot of valid arguments but 
we don't know how many sound arguments there are mm. when it comes so that's kind of how I view it. And so I do look at things like astrology as having some validity, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you there. <laughs> I get what you're saying, too. Um, I, I'm going to wrap it up, but I just wanted to know, um, I saw on your site that you have some some performance dates up there for the spring. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So um, is there anything else you want to share coming up or... Um, just some thoughts uh, about what you got going on right now. I mean, I'm sure my label and manager would want me to say, uh, if you're so inclined, um, pick up my record at your local record store, help out a local business, be safe yeah. doing it, get it ordered. But it's a good I, Christmas gift. Hey, everybody listening, I'm telling you, I think probably everybody on your Christmas list would like it. Ab- absolutely. I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And we have CDs and everything for your grandma. But um, do you have vinyl so, too? Because yes, yes, my daughter's yes. into vinyl. That's like the new thing. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> That's a habit I can get behind. That's right? great. I like it. I mean, she's twenty four, so I'm like, yeah, vinyl, do it. Yeah, perfect. Good <laughs> deal. Well, I could to you a good Christmas present for her so uh, <laughs> yeah just, exactly yeah. well she said yeah. she wanted she, she'll probably listen to this so shh but she did put more vinyl on her holiday list so there you go love <laughs> but you're right we should buy local because we don't want the our only choice to be Amazon which is where we're heading in the world <laughs> oh lord I get it yeah well, it's been so great to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And I will definitely share links with everybody to check out Old Time Feeling and um, and more. So thanks. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, Y'all thanks. take care. You too. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.